Life, Hope, and Truth presents God's Purpose for You. Written by Eric Jones. Presented by Dave DeHart. Produced by the Church of God, a worldwide association. Chapter 5. What will you do for eternity? He who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. Revelation 21, verse 7. Why live forever? Think about it. When you study different religions, you find that nearly all of them teach some kind of afterlife for humans, usually including the opportunity to experience eternal bliss. Some talk about gazing into the face of God in heaven for eternity. But did God really create you to just live forever without anything to do? Thankfully, God has revealed that the future He wants to give us is much more exciting than that. As we've seen, God's desire and purpose for your life is that you will eventually be changed to a divine spirit being in His family. That is what God wants you to become, and now we must consider what you will do. The Message of the Kingdom of God When Jesus walked this earth, He came preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. Mark chapter 1 verse 14 Gospel simply means good news. Sad to say, the gospel Jesus preached then is largely ignored by those claiming to preach it in His name today. That is why most people don't understand the real meaning of life. The purpose of your life can only be grasped by understanding the true gospel. Simply put, the kingdom of God is a literal kingdom a government under the rule of God. When Jesus was resurrected and ascended to heaven, He was seated at the Father's right hand and was granted authority over that kingdom. 1 Timothy 6.15 The kingdom of God currently rules from God's throne in heaven, but Jesus preached that God's kingdom is coming to earth and explained how human beings can enter it. When Jesus Christ returns, He will come as a powerful, conquering King who will destroy His enemies and begin ruling over the entire earth. The kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of His Christ, and He shall reign forever and ever. Revelation 11.15 Revelation 19 verses 11 to 14 gives us a glimpse of Jesus' appearance at His return, and it won't be the way He has traditionally been portrayed. He will return in His glorified divine form, and He Himself will rule them, the nations, with a rod of iron. Verse 15. At Christ's return, a wonderful 1,000-year period, commonly called the millennium, will begin on earth. Revelation 20, verses 1 through 6. During that time, and beyond, the government will be upon His shoulder. Of the increase of His government and peace, there will be no end. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 and 7. But the message of the kingdom of God isn't about Christ's ruling alone. 
He is calling people now to prepare and rule with Him. The prophet Daniel was inspired to describe this time. And in the days of these kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed, and the kingdom shall not be left to other people. It shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. Daniel 2.44 Who will it be left to? Daniel later identifies them. Then the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdoms under the whole heaven shall be given to the people, the saints of the Most High. Daniel 7.27 and also verses 18 and 22. The saints, those in God's family, will be given dominion and rulership under Christ, of that kingdom. God is not calling people to simply live blissfully in heaven, but to be a part of the family that will govern this earth. This government will not be a tyranny, but will rule with righteousness and justice. Kings and Priests Let's look a little deeper at what the saints of the Most High will do in that kingdom. We have already seen that Jesus Christ will be the ultimate authority in the kingdom, Daniel 7.14 and Revelation 19.16. He will be king of kings over the earth and the firstborn of the God family. He will be given supreme authority and glory and will rule over all things, the entire created order. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 2, 1 Corinthians 15 verses 25 to 28, Ephesians 1, 22, Philippians 2, verses 9 through 11. From Jerusalem, His law will spread throughout this earth and transform it, Isaiah 2, 3. But He isn't going to do that alone. He will be the King of kings, and God's Spirit-born children will also rule as kings and priests to our God, and will reign on the earth. Revelation 5.10 Throughout the 1,000-year rule of Christ on earth, we will be priests of God and of Christ, and shall reign with Him a thousand years. Revelation 20, verse 6 The kingdom of God will be a literal government of kings and priests, who will rule the earth under Jesus Christ's direction. With Him, they will be leading and teaching the humans who are still living on the earth. One of the most familiar sections in the Beatitudes reads, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Matthew 5.5 5. The book of Revelation describes them as being given power over the nations. Revelation 2.26 and granted the opportunity to sit with me, Christ, on my throne. Revelation 3.21 Jesus indicated that some will even govern whole cities. Luke chapter 19, 17-19 In fact, some of God's past servants have already been assured of specific responsibilities. For example, the resurrected King David will rule over the restored nation of Israel, Jeremiah 30, verse 9, Ezekiel 37, verse 24, and Hosea 3, 5. Under David, each of the twelve tribes 
will be governed by one of the twelve apostles. Matthew 19.28 The prophet Isaiah prophesied to Israel about how they would be taught and served by those with this future responsibility. Yet, your teachers will not be moved into a corner any more, but your eyes shall see your teachers. Your ears shall hear a word behind you, saying, This is the way. Walk in it. Whenever you turn to the right hand, or whenever you turn to the left. Isaiah 30, verses 20 and 21. God's family will teach and guide people during this future time, not only giving direct instruction, but also mentoring people one-on-one in the right way to live. The Character Connection Is God calling you to be part of this glorious future? The idea of leading and teaching may be intimidating to you. You may be asking, how could I possibly be qualified for that kind of responsibility? The answer is, God has given us this life today as a training ground for these future responsibilities. When we understand the truth about our future, we discover why our character is so important to God and why it must reflect His as closely as possible. Right now, Jesus Christ is in heaven preparing a place, including positions of leadership for us in His kingdom. John 14, verses 2 and 3. God the Father and Jesus Christ are using the character we build today, as well as our personal experience and challenges, to determine the best place for us to serve in God's kingdom. That kingdom will be based on His righteous law and principles found in His Word. In order for us to help administer His government, Based on those standards, we have to practice righteous living today. Think about what is required to be a king and a priest. A godly king is responsible to lead his subjects, not as a despot, but as a servant. In ancient Israel, a king was expected to write out God's entire law by hand and continually study it and practice it. Deuteronomy 17, verses 18 and 19. The reason was simple, that his heart may not be lifted above his brethren, that he may not turn aside from the commandment to the right hand or to the left, and that he may prolong his days in his kingdom. Verse 20. He was expected first to mold and shape his own character in order to be qualified to lead his subjects. In the same way, God is calling us to reshape our character according to His law in order to govern and lead people in the world to come. A priest is responsible for working with human beings to help them understand God, seek His law, and understand His will. Malachi 2 verse 7. In the Old Testament, priests were expected to be morally clean and living examples of holiness. Leviticus 21, verse 6. In order to teach God's law, a priest must first prepare his heart to seek the law of the Lord and to do it. Ezra chapter 7, verse 10. 
God is preparing His people to fill the function of priests in His kingdom, to teach and model godly living, based on His law in a new world, where that law will be universal. Prophecies of this future world describe God's law spreading from Jerusalem and eventually encompassing the entire earth. Isaiah 2 verse 3 and chapter 11 verse 9. This will be accomplished by the resurrected saints, who will serve and teach all around the globe on behalf of Jesus Christ. A Future Beyond Imagination If you humbly respond to God and choose to follow Him, this can be your future. Just imagine the opportunities and experiences you can have in helping administer God's government. As a divine spirit being, you will be able to witness the transformation of our world. Our polluted planet, which will have been nearly destroyed by human warfare, will become a beautiful utopia where human beings live happily together in peace and safety. Isaiah 65, verse 25. You, together with the rest of God's family, can have part in building that world. But even more meaningful, imagine meeting and working with people of all walks of life and cultures, getting to know them, leading them, guiding them, teaching them the way of God, and helping them fulfill the purpose for their life. Your future won't be limited to this earth either. The Apostle Paul wrote that the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. Romans 8.19 God's entire creation is eagerly waiting for the birth of God's children. Verse 22 Why? Because our future includes more than just this earth. The 1,000-year reign of Christ on the earth is only the beginning of the kingdom of God. God is calling human beings to inherit all things. Revelation 21, verse 7. This means the entire universe. Beginning with the earth, the entire universe will be restored to beauty and perfect order. For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former shall not be remembered or come to mind. Isaiah 65, 17, and also Revelation 21, 1. The Bible tells us, of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end, upon the throne of David and over his kingdom, to order it and establish it with judgment and justice, from that time forward, even forever. Isaiah 9-7 God's kingdom will become more and more glorious as it grows and expands for eternity. The Bible does not give us all the details about our future in limitless eternity. Restricted as we are to our physical realm, many things about our future are simply beyond our comprehension. Eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love Him. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 9 Simply knowing that our loving God has so much in store to reveal to us should motivate us to seek to fulfill His purpose. Putting it all together
This booklet has taken you step-by-step through the answer to one of life's greatest questions. Why were you born? Through the pages of the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation, we have learned that you and all human beings were created in God's own image, and we've learned about the enormous gap between humans and Him. But the greatest thing we have learned is that God has created every human being with the incredible potential to bridge that gap. That process begins when you commit to following Him and developing His holy righteous character in your life. God wants you to become like Him today so that you can be prepared to become fully like Him tomorrow. He is working out a plan to reproduce His kind through human beings. He wants you to be a son or daughter in His eternal family, experiencing eternal spirit life at His level of existence. He wants you, as a glorified spirit being, to enjoy eternity in a perfect body that will never age or tire and will radiate majestic, limitless power and beauty. He wants you to serve with Jesus Christ, to help others fulfill their potential, and help expand God's kingdom throughout the earth and universe. He wants you to share with Him an eternity of productivity, excitement, and happiness. Discovering why you were born changes everything. It can change your daily life, your attitude, your goals, how you treat others, and how you relate to God. Having this hope and purpose can totally transform your life today. You truly have everything to live for and a future beyond imagination. Embrace that future and begin fulfilling God's purpose for you. That is why you were born. What should you do now? You have just taken a journey of discovery through God's Word, answering the question, Why was I born? The next natural question is, What should I do now? Here are four action steps you can immediately take. 1. Begin studying about repentance and baptism. The greatest barrier to your potential is you. We all sin, and sin ultimately leads to eternal death. To begin your journey toward eternal life in God's family, you must first deal with this problem. Our free booklet, Change Your Life, will take you step by step through the process of dealing with sin and responding to God's calling in your life. 2. Learn more about God and what He's like. God wants you to become like Him, developing His character in your life today. In order to begin closing the character gap between you and God, you must learn about Him and what He is like. Our booklet, Getting to Know the God of the Bible, explains God's nature in detail. We also offer a seven-day journey on knowing God to help you learn more about His character and power. 3. Practice God's character in life. 
When you understand God's character and the necessity of building His character in your life, you see that it requires application and action. How do you apply the character of the eternal, all-powerful God to your life? Thankfully, the Bible gives us plenty of guidance. Study the Ten Commandments, the example of Jesus Christ, the Sermon on the Mount, and the Fruit of the Spirit. These passages show us how to begin building God's character of love in our lives. Our booklet, God's Ten Commandments, Still Relevant Today, explains how they can be applied to life in the 21st century. And four, connect with God's church. Thousands of people around the world have learned and embraced God's purpose for their life. Collectively, they make up the church of God. They are striving together, as a family, to build God's character by living His way of love. In fact, it is their love for others that makes it possible to provide, absolutely free of charge, this booklet, along with all of our other materials. To learn more, read our booklet, Where is the Church Jesus Built? Chapter 5, Sidebar, Heirs Now, Inheritors Later Since God is building a family, He often uses family terms to describe His plan. One of the ways He teaches us about our future is through the concept of inheritance. In the human realm, when someone is designated to receive an inheritance, he or she is called an heir. Inheritances are typically property, money, or physical possessions, and are not inherited until the death of the one who left the inheritance. In God's realm, inheritance works differently. God the Father is the one who gives the inheritance. He possesses all things, which He created through Jesus Christ. He wants to share the creation with His family, including you. Since the Father is eternal and immortal, what He is giving to us is not dependent upon His death. It did require Christ's death, but our inheritance is primarily given through His life. The Bible describes the inheritance as a free gift, but there are conditions. God is offering all things to those who faithfully strive to overcome sin and build His character throughout their life. Revelation 21.7 Jesus Christ came to show the path and set a perfect example as a forerunner. John 14.6 and Hebrews 6.20 His sacrificial death and resurrection made it possible for us to receive the inheritance despite our past sins. When Jesus was resurrected, He became the firstborn Son of God and received the inheritance, authority over all things, Matthew 28.18, Hebrews 1.2-4, 1 Corinthians 15.27, and Ephesians 1.21-22. But He didn't inherit all things to keep all to Himself. God has destined all things to be inherited by the entire family. God's Spirit-begotten children 
are now heirs of that inheritance, not yet inheritors. Romans 8.17, Galatians 3.29, Titus 3.7, and James 2.5. Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. 1 Corinthians 15.50. So human beings can only be heirs while they are still physical. We, like the patriarchs of the Old Testament, have not yet received or inherited the promises. Hebrews 11.13. Our inheritance is currently reserved in heaven. 1 Peter 1.4. Jesus Christ will bring it with him when he returns to this earth. Revelation 22.12. To give it to us when we are resurrected and born into his family. John 3.6. Unlike in the human realm, in God's family, the inheritance will be given at birth. God's faithful children will be glorified and given the inheritance together. Romans 8.17, Hebrews 11.39-40 The inheritance God is giving His Spirit-born children is greater than anything we could possibly imagine. It includes eternal life and rulership over all things. Revelation 21.7 But Jesus Christ, as the firstborn, will always have preeminence in the family. Colossians 1.18 Sidebar to Chapter 5 The Crucial Role of God's Church Building God's character and preparing to lead in His kingdom is a lifelong effort, one that requires repentance, baptism, God's Holy Spirit, prayer, Bible study, and fasting. But God also gave us another tool to help us fulfill our purpose, His church. Jesus Christ established the church on the day of Pentecost, fifty days after His resurrection. Acts describes its dramatic beginning, where God used a great miracle and Peter's powerful preaching to lead many people in Jerusalem to repent and be baptized. Thus, beginning their journey toward God's family, verses 38 and 41. They weren't left to navigate that journey alone. They were brought into a spiritual community called the church, verses 41 through 47. We are told that they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread, and in prayers, verse 42. This community is also called the household of God, Ephesians 2.19, another way of saying the family of God. When a person is called and receives the Holy Spirit, he or she is begotten as a child of God and is placed into His church. The church is not the kingdom of God because it is composed of flesh and blood human beings. 1 Corinthians 15.50. But those who form the church will eventually be born into the kingdom. In that sense, the church can be likened to the kingdom of God in embryo. It is the body God established to assist His children in learning, practicing, and growing in His way of life, in preparation for their future role in His family. It is also the tool God uses to spread His true gospel to the world.
the Apostle Paul described to the Ephesians the spiritual offices in the church, and explained that the purpose of their work was for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Ephesians 4, verses 12 and 13. God has placed His people in His body, as the church is referred to in many places, in order to help the members grow closer and closer to the fullness of Christ's perfect character and be prepared to serve others in God's kingdom. If you're serious about fulfilling God's purpose for your life, you should consider seeking out His church today. The publisher of this booklet, The Church of God, a worldwide association, strives to reflect the teaching and practices of the early New Testament Church of God. To learn more about the church, read our Life, Hope, and Truth article, What is the Mission of the Church? Sidebar to Chapter 5 Whom Will You Be Leading and Teaching? This final chapter has covered the exciting truth that God is calling people now, preparing them to lead and teach others in the new world that will be established after Jesus' return. But whom exactly will they be teaching? God is essentially preparing them to serve three groups of people. One, human beings who live into the millennial 1,000-year reign of Christ. Before Christ's return, much of the earth's population will die from warfare and natural disasters. Revelation 9.15 But He will return just in time to save humanity from total destruction. Matthew 24.22 The earth will still be populated by millions of human beings who survive these trying times and will live into a new, better world led by Christ and His family. One of our first orders of business will be to provide these people with comfort, guidance, and education. Jeremiah 31, verses 9-13 through 13. 2. Those born during the millennial reign of Christ Jesus Christ and His family will help humanity rebuild the earth and society after the destruction of the Great Tribulation. Isaiah 61, verse 4. One of the tasks will be to teach the biblical laws about marriage and family. A new education system will be established to teach the children. Isaiah 54.13 One prophecy describes the millennial scene of children playing safely in the streets of a formerly dangerous city. Zechariah 8 verses 4 and 5 3. The Resurrected Rest of the Dead after the millennium, another resurrection will occur, one for the rest of the dead. Revelation 20, verse 5. The billions upon billions who died throughout history without the opportunity to know the true God, they will be restored to physical life and receive the chance to have the books of the Bible open to them. Verse 12. The God family will teach these people helping them to enter God's family themselves. Yes, 
If you faithfully embrace your opportunity to be born into God's family, you have ahead of you an exciting future of service to countless people. They will be there waiting for you. Will you be there for them?